From Capital Analytics, I'm Abby Malone, and this is Invest Insights. Every week, we bring you perspectives, business advice, and more from the leading executives, entrepreneurs, and investors who are building, diversifying, and leading the way in the country's fastest-growing metro markets. Real leaders, real insights, right now. I'm joined today by Stephen Knapp, the president and CEO of Carnegie Museums of Pittsburgh. Thank you, Stephen, for being here today. My pleasure. Glad to be here. So let's begin. You have a variety of creative hobbies in your personal life, from writing and playing music to beekeeping. When it comes to your professional life, what are some of the strategies and routines for ensuring that you are embracing creativity and innovation into your organization? You know, I think the most important thing about my role uh, in an institution like Carnegie Museums, we have four museums, two science museums, two art museums. And um, it's a 125-year-old institution. Uh, some of the museums are a little newer than others, but uh, it's a very a wide range of topics that we cover and collections that we present to the public. You know, we are a public charity. We see ourselves as serving the public. And the question is how we can do that in the most innovative and effective way to inform and inspire and empower uh, those who come in, uh, and enjoy you know, what we have to offer. And so I, I see my role as really looking ways for connecting, making connections across those institutions and across that, that diversity of resources that we have. And in fact, that's the way I've approached my whole career in administration. You know, I started out as an English professor studying English literature, um, learning about metaphors, learning how language works, how things are connected um, in language. But then as I moved into administration, I got interested in the ways multiple disciplines interact with each other. And I mean, I guess the, the, the main sort of slogan that um, comes to mind when I think about my approach to my work and to creativity is uh, it's a phrase from E.M. Forster's novel, Howard's End, only connect. It's all about making connections. And my role is really catalytic. Uh, I, you know, I look for, I, I, I talk to everyone in my organization, trying to find out what they care about, what they're passionate about, what their aspirations are. And I notice ways in which we can link that up with what's going on elsewhere. And in that way, enrich what we have to offer by building those connections and helping our audiences see those connections as well. You mentioned that term, only connect. The Carnegie Museums of Pittsburgh attracted 1.6 million visitors in 2019. However, you stated in your interview with our annual report, Invest Pittsburgh, that there are neighborhoods and communities that you haven't traditionally reached as fully as you would like to. What are these audiences and how are you reaching out to have access to the museums and their resources? When Andrew Carnegie first um, had the idea of creating museums and libraries in Pittsburgh, he was very explicit that the role of these institutions was going to be to serve really the working people of Pittsburgh. You know, he had made his fortune um, really thanks to the efforts of um, ordinary Pittsburghers who, you know, worked in his steel mills and and, uh, and really built, uh, you know, built his wealth to be this kind of extraordinary resource that he then turned into philanthropy. Um, and I think, you know, with a sense that he really owed something to these people who had, um, had created his wealth for him. And so he saw the, the museums as primarily reaching out to and serving the people of Pittsburgh. Over time, as has happened with many museums and arts institutions, the audience has somewhat narrowed. So it's, you know, it's largely an older audience, a white audience in many cases that, that come to not just our museums, but to you know, cultural institutions like uh, operas and symphonies and so on. And uh, so a lot of us who are in leading roles in these institutions are trying to find ways to broaden the audience, to reach out to people who are younger, to reach out to, you know, um, ethnic and uh, communities that no, don't necessarily have that historic connection to 
um, museums like ours. And, and we're very diverse. Uh, you know, we have 90 different neighborhoods, believe it or not, in Pittsburgh. And there's a wide range of, um, of national origins. And there, you know, there are racial differences, there are economic differences, there are age differences. And the question is how you, um, how you reach out to all of those audiences, because we do see our role as serving the entire community. We're a community asset. And the question is, what does that mean? To be a community asset. So we recently created a community access membership program, which um, for one thing gives free memberships to all teens. So all young people age 13 to 18, they can um, uh, become members for free and attend any one of our four museums at any time they wish. We have deeply discounted family access memberships that taking the cost of a family membership down from $150 a year to $20 a year. And we have organizational access memberships that um, allow uh, the staff of of nonprofit organizations that serve the public to bring as many as 10 of their clients for free to the museums. And we've already seen a tremendous response to this. We have something like 4,000 teens have already signed up. Uh, we have hundreds of families that are taking advantage of this program. It's just one strategy that we're using to make sure that we are open and accessible and viewed that way, seen that way. We even have to take a look at the outside of uh, some of our buildings to, you know, to see if there are ways we can make them more welcoming and can signal the fact that we're not fortresses. We're trying to keep people out. We are really um, institutions that want to welcome and share what we have uh, to uh, all these resources that we think can really inspire and educate and, um, and really liberate people's imaginations in ways that um, I think serve them throughout their lives. So, that's that's our mission, and, and we're doing everything we can to expand it. On the subject of students, education has undergone a great deal of change over the past two years, which has impacted your educational offerings and experiences as well. What does educational programming look like at the Carnegie Museums in a post-pandemic world? And what are the ways that you're innovating to expand the reach of these programs? So when we uh, had to close our doors to the public um, in March 2020, we ended up, we thought we might be closed for a couple of weeks. We were closed for 15 full weeks, more than a quarter of a year. And we had to close it once again in December of that year of 2020. Um, since then, we've been consistently open. But when we had to close our doors, we immediately switched a lot of our educational programming to online programming. Now, there's a challenge there. Uh, it's what's known as the digital divide, which is that not all the families and individuals we want to reach have access to devices or connectivity that enable them to take advantage of that. So I've had many conversations with leaders in the community across uh, Pittsburgh and, the, and Allegheny County here to try to understand how we can overcome this digital divide and make sure that everyone has access to digital programming, which is becoming so important. But we kept that going, even when we reopened our doors and were able to welcome visitors back into the museums once again, we did not um, in any way diminish our efforts to develop online programming. In fact, we now um, just finished developing a pilot course that combines contributions from all four museums mm -hmm. focused on the theme of endangered species. It turns out that in one of our museums, the Andy Warhol Museum, well, Andy Warhol did a series of paintings on endangered species. We have a natural history museum, which of course um, uh, is a very powerful, um, you know, has a very powerful and prominent collection of um, both prehistoric and, um, and more recent, um, you know, um, species specimens. And so we're able to uh, really tell a, a very important story about what's happening in our world uh, due to um, you know factors that we're all aware of, including uh, climate change, which is a, a huge challenge that our museums are among many institutions and in figuring out ways to address. So we have this new course and it's um, what I think is great about it is it draws on all four of our museums. So it's an interdisciplinary course 
It's very well designed. Um, we, we have some very sophisticated software that we're using and a, and a very powerful software platform for this course. And I think we're just going to continue that innovation and find ways of reaching audiences. And I'm actually meeting this week with uh, some of the education leaders to make sure that the programs we're designing are programs that meet their needs. So I'm meeting with uh, Allegheny County education officials. Next week, I'll be meeting with the Pittsburgh um, uh, you know, school officials. And in multiple ways, we're trying to make sure that what we are creating will match what they really need as, as their educational mission develops. And Steve, as we round out our discussion today, what role does creativity play in remaining competitive in today's landscape? Well, we, we have to constantly refresh what we do. You know, in, in some ways, I mean, I think people's image of museums is that they're a little bit staid. They're a little bit, um, you know, maybe um, old-fashioned institutions that uh, maybe a little dusty, right, <laughs> where we have, uh, you know, fossils uh, that date back millions of years. Um, and we have paintings that, that were produced, you know, hundreds of years ago. Uh, and, and the question is how you keep refreshing your, uh, what you deliver to your audiences so that they learn new, they find new connections, going back to that notion of only connect, what we do is help people make connections. We help people see uh, how art and science can illuminate their lives and empower them in whatever activities they're involved in. And in order to do that, we have to constantly be looking for new ways to take what we have and present it. And so a lot of thought and a lot of creativity really across our institution constantly goes into the question of, okay, what's our next exhibition? How do we take these fossils that we have displayed for more than 100 years now, and how do we bring them to life once again in a new way to engage our audiences? And we do that at Carnegie Science Center. Uh, we're, we're actually developing a new um, space exhibition focused on exploration of Mars, and, and we're going to be using that to turn a lens back onto Earth. You know, one of the things we can learn about thinking about how a, how a colony might develop on Mars that would help us rethink ways of addressing problems here on Earth. That's what we're doing at the Science Center. The Andy Warhol Museum is involved in in the creation of a what we call creative placemaking around its its building to really animate and, and revitalize the neighborhoods surrounding it. Um, in Oakland, um, Pittsburgh, where we have both our the Oakland neighborhood of Pittsburgh, where we have both our Museum of Natural History and our Museum of Art, we're looking at actually uh, rethinking the exterior of the building to make the outside of the building more uh, revealing of what goes on inside the building. Right now, it's a little bit fortress-like. So we're trying to look for ways of opening that up. Constant thinking uh, is always going on about how we can take what we have and serve the public in, in more innovative and effective ways. Well, thank you very much, Steve. I can't think of a better perspective on creativity than someone who works in museums. So I, I very much appreciate our discussion today. I appreciate the opportunity. Thanks very much. You've been listening to Invest Insights. Be sure to follow, rate, and review this podcast to hear more. I'm Abby Maloney. Thank you for tuning in.